The Truth News Network. On every continent, in every capital, at colleges, universities, wherever solid thinking stands against the tides of insanity, there is one voice, a beacon, a light in the murkiness of political swill. From TNN, the Truth News Network, comes that voice, Dan Newman. Don't you like that term Beat uses in that opening, political swill. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TNN Live in our South Florida studios in sunny, balmy, humid Miami. (laughs) We're going to be down here for the next couple of days. We're down here for a great celebration happens tomorrow night. Our nephew is getting married, marrying the most gorgeous woman in the world. Well, after Marianne, of course. And uh, it's a great time. In fact, we could do a whole show telling you all about that family and who they are and what's been happening that made this all come together. But that's a story for another day. Listen, while you were enjoying your weekend, evil was living in full swing. Listen, I've got some, this show is chock full of, Information, And I'm sad to tell you, it's not good information. Very little of it is good, but it's factual. And that means it's stuff that we need to get our arms around, our understanding around, and we need to be able to make our decisions clearly based on facts. And I've got a buttload full of facts for you this morning. So to get going here, instead of just going right into the nastiness of the world around us, Let's enjoy a little earth, wind, and fire. Remember them? Oh, my goodness. Right about 1980, this song came out, Serpentine Fire.
folks, that may be the last cheery, catchy thing that you hear on the show today. We are going to take you down where worry begins to set in. Before we get started on that, let me just tell you, God is a God of circumstances. God handles circumstances, but more importantly, God gets us through circumstances. So we are not giving you negative information to try to shock you. We're not about that. We're about getting truth out there. And we start now, not with our president, well, maybe kind of in a way, but we start with the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky. Zelensky and several other top Ukrainian officials. Now, what I'm telling you now, it's not new. It came out during the weekend from very credible international news sources confirmed this is factual. Zelensky and several other top Ukrainian officials have embezzled hundreds of millions of dollars in our aid that we sent to them that was earmarked to go toward purchasing diesel during the invasion of Russia into Ukraine. Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative journalist, a guy named Seymour Hirsch, he states this amount could be as high as $400 million, alleging that the CIA is aware of this ongoing corruption in Ukraine and also aware of the embezzlement of U.S. aid. According to an inside source at our spy agency, the CIA, Hearst said that Zelensky has been purchasing discount diesel from where? From Russia with American money and then hoarding the leftover funds. You get a discount? Well, I'm just going to take the difference between the money that was earmarked by the American people to pay for diesel. I'm just going to take that. You know, I'm saving a lot of money, but I need to get me some. And so... Zelensky and these evil people that work with him have pocketed as much as $400 million. Hirsch also claimed Ukrainian officials are competing to set up front companies to export contracts to private arms dealers worldwide. Can you believe this is happening? It really is happening. CIA Director William Burns confronted Zelensky on this back in January, telling him that other officials were upset that he was taking... Listen to this. They were upset because Zelensky was taking a larger share of the skim money than that it was going to the generals. Hirsch says Zelensky is scheming the U.S. out of money to benefit himself and the country's energy funds. It's also unknown that Zelensky has been buying the fuel from Russia, the country with which Ukraine is and with Washington are at war. The Ukrainian president, many in his entourage, have been skimming untold millions from the American dollars earmarked for diesel fuel payments. Hirsch pointed out, this story is just full of the most incredible lies And we'll wrap it up in just a moment and get on to the next debacle. But this reporter pointed out Ukraine's corruption is fast approaching that of what went on in the Afghan war, despite no professional audit reports emerging. You know what? 
If there's no accountability, evil's going to live and prosper. I don't care who you are. I don't care what age you are. I don't care what country you live in. Men, unless they develop, have initially and then develop a relationship with God where at least they're going to be held accountable through their spirits, men are fundamentally flawed and fundamentally evil. And the love of money, according to the Bible, is the root of all evil. So let me just clarify what I'm telling you about. Zelensky has been buying discounted gas and oil from Russia using our money. And Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, is making millions from it up front. According to the Bureau of Political Military Affairs, the U.S. has given Ukraine over $35 billion in cash aid since Russia's unprovoked attack. Now, the total number is over $100 billion, but a lot of that is in weaponry and ammunition. $35 billion in cash. Ukraine has quietly been known for its high-level corruption through the years. You think? You don't think we knew about that? We don't think that Joe Biden was over there and he was not over there for a purpose that had to do with Joe Biden, not America. A report published all the way back in 2016 by the watchdog group Transparency International, they revealed that 42% of households admitted to paying bribes to get essential public services like education and health care in Ukraine. That rock climber we talk about periodically here that was climbing a sheer face cliff right before he's maybe 20 yards from the top. There was a crevice there, and he pulled himself up on this crevice, this rock shelf, to take a rest, and he looked over in the dark part of it in the corner, and there was a rattlesnake laying there, coiled up. The rattlesnake talked to the rock climber and said, look, I'm going to die if I stay here. Won't you take me the rest of the way? Rock climber says, I can't do that. You'll bite me. The rock, uh, the the rattlesnake said, no, if, if I bit you, we'd both die. I'm not going to bite you. Rock climber says, okay, wraps the snake around his neck, and they take up for that last 20 or 30 yards. Just before the climber puts his hands up and pulls them up at the top of the cliff, the snake bit him. And it shocked the rock climber. He let go, and they're falling, both of them falling to their death. And the rock climber said, you promised you wouldn't bite me. And the snake says, you knew I was a snake when you picked me up. Snakes gonna be snakes. You put that all together with a foreign country rife with corruption. Put that with the love of money as the root of all evil. You remember maybe three weeks ago, Dunstan Teo came on the show live. He's been on three or four times. One of the wealthiest men on the planet. He's a guru in cryptocurrency. And he told us, factually, he had verification that a bunch of the cash that went in foreign aid from the U.S. to Ukraine went as cryptocurrency. But it all didn't show up in the Ukrainian governor's uh, government's crypto account. Some of it went elsewhere. Hush money. This story today, this fact today that's finally coming out that we all knew, we knew factually it was happening 
confirms what Dunstan told us. So let me ask you this. Have you kept up with this push? I mean, really quick, amazing, hard push towards a central bank in the United States that is run based on cryptocurrency and that our federal government wants to create a crypto coin and eventually make that replace the dollar. Everybody, everybody, when we heard it, oh, that's just a story. It's not going to happen. Listen to what happened over the weekend, two places separate on the earth. A new global currency just launched on Friday. But 99% of the global population has no idea what just happened on Friday. It's called the EMU, the Universal Monetary Unit, also known as Unicoin. It's an international central bank digital currency. It's been designed to work in conjunction with all kinds of existing national currencies. Now, guys, this should set off alarm bells for each of us. Why? Because the widespread adoption of a new global currency would be a giant step forward for the globalist agenda. The IMS, the International Monetary Fund, didn't create this new currency, but it was unveiled at a major IMF gathering on Friday. As a press release quoted indicates, this new universal monetary unit was created by the Digital Currency Monetary Authority. Have no idea who this is. Have no idea who gave them authority to make or craft digital currency. So who in the world are they? The press relief says the organization consists of, quote, sovereign states, central banks, commercial and retail banks, and other financial institutions. Basically, it sounds to me like a secretive cabal of international banks and national governments, and they're all getting together to conspire to push this new currency down our throats. We're being told that the universal monetary unit is crypto 2.0, and those that created it are hoping it'll be widely adopted by all constituencies in a global economy. I don't know about you but it sounds kind of shady to me. Of course, the Digital Currency Monetary Authority is not the only one that has been working on a new digital currency. The UK, the United Kingdom, has also been working on one. This is the second one that we found out about over the weekend. Would it surprise anybody that the Biden administration is touting the potential benefits of a digital form of the U.S. dollar? Many say that would never happen. The dollar's been the go-to currency on the planet for at least 60 years. It's actually 63 years, but yes, you'd be right. So let me just read you a paragraph that comes from the official White House website, Joe Biden's White House website. Quote, a United States central bank digital currency called the CBDC would be a digital form of the U.S. dollar. While the U.S. has not yet decided whether it's going to pursue this CBDC, the U.S. has been closely examining the implications of and the options for issuing 
a CBDC. If the U.S. pursued this, there could be many possible benefits, such as facilitating efficient and low-cost transactions, fostering greater access to the financial system, boosting economic growth, and supporting the continued centrality of the U.S. within the international financial system. That just sounds so warm and fuzzy, doesn't it? I don't think that it's a coincidence that governments all over the world are simultaneously developing CBDCs. And the IMF has already put together an extensive handbook, they say, that is to assist central banks and governments throughout the world in their CBDC rollouts. Here's what they said. The IMF is putting together a central bank digital currency handbook to assist central banks and governments throughout the world in their CBDC rollouts. Published publicly April 10th, the IMF approach to central bank digital currency capacity development report outlines the IMF's multi-year strategy for aiding CBDC rollouts, including the development of a living CBDC handbook for monetary authorities to follow. What's this all about? What's going on? Let me tell you what it's going to go on. A lot of people there are going to cheer when these digital currencies begin to take over our worldwide monetary system. But it's imperative for you and me to understand that once everyone is using them, our financial privacy will be history. What do you mean? Authorities are going to be able to track virtually everything that you buy, everything that you sell, and I'm sure they won't hesitate to use that information against you. They're going to know everything about every transaction you do. Why? Because the CBDC in the United States is going to be operated by the Fed. And every transaction in cryptocurrency is online. Needless to say, the potential for tyranny in a system like this is off the charts. Can you imagine a world in which you're restricted from buying meat for a while because you've already used your carbon credits for the month? Your financial privileges could potentially be restricted at any time at the whim of a government bureaucrat. And if you're a big enough troublemaker, you could be deplatformed from the system permanently. Of course, in order for such a system to have real teeth, cash and other forms of payment will need to be phased out. That's precisely what is happening today in Europe. This can't be true, Dan. Listen to this. This comes from the official website of the European Parliament. Quote, to restrict transactions in cash and crypto assets, MEPs, MEPs want to cap payments that can be accepted by persons providing goods or services. They set limits up to 7,000 pounds British sterling for cash payments and 1,000 for crypto asset transfers where the customer cannot be identified. The customer being identified is the big linchpin in this. Ultimately, they'll just keep lowering the limits until the use of cash is almost, if not always, completely eliminated. Every one of us will be slowly 
but surely forced onto the new digital platform. And it'll be a system that they control with an iron fist. Most people are going to be perfectly willing to go along with it. These days, most people are just scraping by from month to month. One recent survey found that 70% of all Americans are financially stressed at this point. Most Americans, i got to be honest with you, simply don't care that these new digital currencies could open a door for greater tyranny than we're already experiencing. They just want to be able to pay the bills, take care of their families. And if our politicians tell them this new system is good for the economy, they're going to be all in for it. But those of us that are awake, we know that more globalism doesn't lead anywhere good. Concentrating even more power in the hands of the international elite, it's always a bad idea. Hopefully we can start to get more people to understand this and know what's going on. There's a new book out. You need to get it. It's entitled End Times, E-N-D Times. It's now available in paperback. You can get it on Kindle on Amazon.com. You need to check it out. End Times. Now, I am sorry we had to start the show today the way we have, dealing with a couple of bad things. Zelensky is pirating $400 million already of the aid that we sent them in cash. That's what we know about the cash, but we don't know for sure if there was cryptocurrency on top of that, but we are confident that it was. So how much of that, and I'm going to go to break with this, how much of that money that Zelensky got ended up going through cryptocurrency to, let's say, a crypto wallet in the name of Hunter Biden. And if you're listening in and you think that's a conspiracy, you need to take a deep, deep drink of something cold right now. I guarantee you, Joe Biden's in the middle of it. Why do you think he has arbitrarily, with no input from Congress, almost weekly announced, we're going to send $12 million more dollars, $1 billion of aid. Ukraine's got to have it because Russia is killing them. When our military, our intelligence know that Vladimir Putin is in cahoots on oil and diesel sales to Ukraine. Corruption is everywhere in this administration. Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? Hi, can I get a... Uh... Can I get a... Get in the McDonald's. Ooh, can I get a... Uh, can I get a... Yeah, can uh, I get a... Uh... 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 Go, Bubba, go! Uh... Hey, can I get a... Uh, Ten-piece chicken McNuggets. And what sauce would you like with that? Uh... We're outside Pilgrim Furniture and Mattress City where parents are disappearing. Excuse me, are your parents in there? Yeah. They can't decide if they should take no interest for 60 months with no money down or an extra $100 off every $9.99 they spend. It's a tough choice. But they've been in there for six hours. 
I want dinner. Parents, if you're a pilgrim, please make a decision. Nowadays, it's more important than ever to know the value of a dollar, or three, or four, or five, or even six. New Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. Tasty breakfast combos that give you more bang for your bucks. Get a wake-up wrap with sausage and a medium-hot coffee for $3. A bagel with cream cheese spread and a medium-hot coffee for $4. A bacon, egg, and cheese croissant with a medium-hot coffee for $5. Or a power breakfast sandwich and, you guessed it, a medium-hot coffee for $6. Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer. American Ladders and Scaffolds. Deal with the experts. Scaffolding, rental, and setup. Installation of truck racks, Lear truck caps, tonneau covers, and van shelving. Foam protection. Ladder and scaffold training and inspections. Little giant ladders. Custom access ladders and guardrails for commercial buildings. American Ladders and Scaffolds. Delivery everywhere, every day. American Ladders and Scaffolds. We take you higher. We take you higher. Boy, that's a blast from the past. Grassroots, sooner or later. That's 60s music. You know, back then, things were just a little bit different music-wise than they are today. As a matter of fact, I guess everything was different back then from what we have today. Talking about money, talking about banking, talking about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the Biden family syndicate, do you think, do you think any of this stuff that's already been handed over to Congress that show bank transactions happening oh, just out the wazoo between different agencies in China and different accounts that were all either owned or directed by the Biden family syndicate. And every day, more and more and more of this is revealed. Well, follow the family finances. Big Chinese-American banks supplying Senate Republicans with records showing millions of dollars flowing from Chinese companies to the president's son, Hunter Biden, and his brother, James Biden. Member of the Foreign Relations Committee, Senator Ron Johnson, joins us now for more. Senator, so great to have you on this morning. Uh, so there was another batch of papers of, you know, bank documents that came out that showed money going to Hunter, to Jim, to Joe, uh, to uh, Bo Biden's widow, who Hunter was sleeping with at that time. Um, so nobody in the media seemed to care about this. Joe Biden said it, they were lies. Is there anything more damning in this new batch that will have to get the media's attention? Or do you expect them to ignore it just like the last batch? Good morning, Rachel. Well, let's face it, Senator Grassley and I pretty well laid out the case against the the grifting Biden family back in September of 2020 before the election, our report was completely ignored by the media, just as they ignored the Hunter Biden mm -hmm. laptop, uh, because they're, they're advocates for the left themselves. And so what we're, we're finding out now is just new pieces of evidence of the grifts that uh, the Biden family had been involved with. Uh, the bank records uh, basically confirm what uh, the Treasury records showed from uh, Senator Grassley's in my report. I think uh, what recently was reported on Fox is the uh, trying to get into the sovereign wealth funds of like Ireland and some of these other countries. You know, our, our report shows something like a dozen different countries that Hunter Biden was, again, peddling the family name, trying to sell influence. But I think, uh, you know, the, the trying to tap into sovereign wealth funds, I think, is pretty revealing. You know, why, why would governments who own those sovereign wealth funds, why, why would they want to 
pay into the, the, the Biden family coffers and the Biden family grift, well, it's to gain influence. It's, uh, you know, who knows exactly how it might benefit from them. Uh, but the, the level of compromise of this president, I think, is just jaw-dropping. And maybe even more jaw-dropping is how the media, except for a few outlets like Fox News, is completely ignoring it. I guess they're okay with it. Yeah, I guess they're hanging their hat on the fact that, okay, they say, well, Hunter, Hunter's a bad figure. Um, he did bad things. But can you connect it to Joe Biden? Have we been able to connect it to Joe Biden? Because I know... He, Hunter was paying for things for his dad that I know I wouldn't pay for my dad um, and, and mortgages and things like that. Is there any way to make these connections? Yes. I mean, unfortunately, Senator Grassley and I ran out of time. Uh, that was toward the tail end of that Congress. And then we lost the majority, so we don't have the chairmanship anymore. But now the House does. And so uh, certainly I'm encouraging James Comer and, and the House committees to subpoena the other bank records. I, I thought what was interesting is that Cathay Bank, I know they're they're denying any involvement with China, just like TikTok. But I thought it was rather revealing that they just handed over records to our Senate committees uh, without you know, any compulsory process. Uh, I think it'll require a, a subpoena process, a compulsory process on the part of the House to get the bank records and not only understand the inflow from different uh, countries into the Biden family coffers, but then where you know the outflow. Where, where did it go once it went into right. a bank controlled by Hunter Biden? Did, did it go down to the Cayman Islands somewhere, the Bahamas? Or, you know, how did the big guy maybe get his 10%? That's what needs to be investigated. By the way, we handed all this over to attorney, U.S. Attorney Weiss. Uh, he's been sitting on our records now for months, uh, probably evidence for years. Where is the U.S. Attorney's uh, investigation to this as well? He's got stronger investigatory powers and then certainly Congress does at this point in time. Uh, can you answer this question really, really fast? I do have to go. Why do you think that that Cafe Bank gave the records so readily? I think it's a shot across the bow. To uh, Joe Biden? Showing the Bidens, this, this is what we can do. This is the information we have. Wow. Scary times. Senator Johnson, you've been right all along. You've been vindicated on so many levels. Thanks for joining us this morning. So I'm probably like you. When you hear this from Senator Ron Johnson, and he was talking about uh, the last before the uh, 2022 election, when they had some clout, GOP in the Senate, and he and the Iowa Senator Grassley, they were on top of all of this, gathering all of this evil information, and it just came in day after day after day. But they couldn't go anywhere with it because they didn't control what happened and who did what and who said what and how they responded to different things in the U.S. Senate. Now, of course, the House is controlled by a GOP majority, and they're hard at it there. But here's the thing that is so scary for Americans, including me. How does the greatest nation on the earth ever elect a group of people to represent them in the Senate the House and now the White House, and they hear and see and get confirmation that all of this evil financial stuff taking our tax dollars and giving it away to all kinds of illegal people and doing illegal things, and don't forget about 2 million illegals coming across our southern border that are soaking up billions of American tax dollars as Joe Biden begins to facilitate the Democrat Party's lifelong dream to have a permanent, a permanent Democrat Party-controlled government. 
And the only way to do that is to get a huge majority of voters. So how do you do that? Democrat Party membership over the last decade has gone down every single year. Democrat Party execs, they watch this. They're fearfully seeing that more and more people are awakening to the fact that top-down, hardcore government from bureaucrats is not what the American people want. And as a new generation of Americans, they get out into the workplace, they begin to try to do entrepreneurial things, starting companies as an example, or going to work in big companies, and they learn through really being out in the open. They learn just how egregious top-down government management destroys capitalism. And a whole generation of these young people are wanting to go out and do what we did, what our parents did. Started companies, came up with a great idea, started a company, sweated through the beginning of it, hoping that the ideas would be sufficient to get them some legs so they could go out in the marketplace and build a successful enterprise. You know what we call that? We call that the American dream. That American dream is the same one that two million immigrants, almost all of them, not all of them, but a huge portion of them, they look at the light shining on the hill, which is the United States of America, and they want to get here because they want the American dream too. When they get here, they find out it's not available to them. They're being controlled by a political party. How long do you think we're going to let this happen? How long is it going to be okay? I think the American giant, the sleeping giant of the American people are awakening to this criminality and they don't like it. I guess the most obvious two things that have happened on a world stage that have been initiated uh, pretty much involved top to bottom, our United States military and our administration, the Afghanistan withdrawal and what's going on in Ukraine as it pertains to us. Now, Russia was going to invade Ukraine. Vladimir Putin made it very clear. You've got to go and understand the history of the two. Ukraine formerly was a part of the USSR back when Vladimir Putin was in the, uh, the uh, what did they call him? the Secret Service of Russia where they just killed people left and right. They didn't like you. You disagreed with them. They killed you, the KGB. And so Ukraine was part of that. They broke out. Vladimir Putin made a pact that he was going to get them back in. So they were going to invade Ukraine. So why the heck are we in Ukraine? That's a question you need to answer. Why did Vladimir Putin wait to invade Ukraine until after Donald Trump's presidency was done? Why did Xi Jinping wait to begin to make his pronouncements about he was going to invade Taiwan? Why did he wait till Donald Trump left office to go to Saudi Arabia, to go to Iran and cut deals with them? You know why because there was going to be no pushback from our current president. In fact, he is so involved in all kinds of financial ways 
with those governments and people that those governments put out there as their representatives. I'm talking about China and Russia. They've got so much stuff on him. And don't think this is a conspiracy any longer. It's a fact. It's a fact. And every day now, more and more information because of the House majority that we now have as a a Republican Party are finding out and getting more and more information that confirm the things that we feared the most, that our nation, our government, and all our precious natural resources are for sale. And it's not the American people's account that this money's going into as our government sells our precious valuable commodities to these foreign countries. The money's going into the bank accounts as the CIA has confirmed. Joe Biden's CIA confirmed it in the story that we started the show off with today. And if you missed that story, make sure when this is over, you go grab today's podcast, go to Apple Podcast or Spotify or Stitcher or Google, tune in, even Amazon Music. Go there and grab today's podcast and listen to the opening segment. You are going to get more facts about what's going on in this administration. Unfortunately, the mainstream media, they've twisted the story that came out last week about the Pentagon Papers. You know what we're talking about. That 21-year-old National Guardsman up in Massachusetts leaked finished intelligent products on three different gaming internet sites. They focus on the leaker, that 21-year-old National Guardsman, his crime, but not, no mention whatsoever, anything about the substance of the leaked material. And it was all, they were doing what they were doing to protect Joe Biden. But we need to ask whether this president is lying about our role in the war in Ukraine, which could have grave consequences for us all. The fact, listen to this now, the fact is historically presidents lie to the American people about wars. Before you and me, FDR, President Franklin D. Roosevelt, back in 1940, he lied to our parents and their parents, and he said that, quote, your boys are not going to be sent into any foreign wars. That was 1940. Besides, at that time, we were providing lethal aid to the United Kingdom because of what they were dealing with with Germany. We went to war after Japan attacked Pearl Harbor in December of 1941. Fast forward to LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson. He lied about the threat that was posed to us by the North Vietnamese, of all places, a little bitty Southeast Asian country. And Johnson sold our leaders that North Vietnam was a threat to us. Why did Johnson do that? He was doing his best to preserve his political power. In 1964, Johnson told an Akron, Ohio election campaign crowd, and I'm going to quote Johnson, we are not about to send American boys nine or 10,000 miles away from home to do what Asian boys ought to be doing themselves. Then after he got elected, LBJ sent U.S. combat troops to the jungles of Vietnam, 
lying to the American people about the attack on U.S. forces in the Gulf of Tonkin. It didn't happen. But he used that lie to deploy half a million American men until our withdrawal in 1975 with our tails tucked and at the cost of more than 58,000 American lives. Fast forward again. W, George W. Bush. He lied about the reason we invaded Iraq to eliminate those weapons of mass destruction. You want some history here? Facts? CIA Director George Tenet warned Bush not to use sketchy intelligence about Iraq. Bush knew Saddam Hussein no longer had an arsenal of weapons of mass destruction. And yet W, Bush 43, misled the American people. And after the invasion in 03, officials confirmed Iraq had abandoned its programs years earlier. These weren't the only presidents that did this. Other ones lied to the American people about war. James Polk lied about Mexico invading the U.S. And that's what started the Mexican-American War. Why? Because he wanted to add Texas as another slave state. William McKinley, President McKinley, he lied that the Spanish had blown up the USS Maine warship in Havana Harbor. That started the Spanish-American War, and it didn't happen. It could be that this president, President Biden, is lying about our role in the Ukraine war, much as past presidents lied. Certainly some of the leaked intelligence suggests the war in Ukraine isn't going as smoothly as Biden and his administration have suggested. Unfortunately for us, Biden's apologists in the mainstream media, they focus on the leaker instead of the content of what was leaked and the fact that it leaked. It's the greatest security, intelligence security leak in American history. And it happened on a gaming network, and we did not know anything about it, at least our government didn't, for three months. But that's just a little bitty piece of the broader story. If, in fact, this guy arrested is found guilty of leaking, he's going to pay a price. But the real story is the content of the material that he shared across the Internet. Does it paint a different story than what the Biden administration told us? Is President Biden lying to us? And if so, here's the big question. Why is he lying to us? What's being covered up? The fact is many, if not most, of the products shared about the Ukraine war are finished intelligence reports. They paint a very different picture from that which the Biden administration gives us through their media lapdogs. We should ask one question, one question only. What's the truth? Is America more directly involved in the Ukraine war than we previously heard? Or American troops fighting Russians? We haven't, we've been told exactly the opposite. But little shreds of evidence come out and show we're in 
Russia, in Ukraine, American military members are fighting Russians. Is the Biden administration purposely draining our weapons arsenals to favor a deal with Xi Jinping, president of China? Can Ukraine really win this war against the giant Russia? These are the questions we need answers to, but you and I can't get them unless leadership gives them to us. The point is simple. This story, the Pentagon leaks, about a young airman leaking finished intelligence products is serious. The Pentagon's going to address that issue, we hope, to protect our methods and sources. But the more significant issue is whether President Biden and his proxies are telling the American people the truth about the Ukraine war. After all, Biden has never explained our national interest in that war other than to acknowledge we're helping to protect Ukrainian democracy and keep the Russians from gobbling up more of Europe. He, of course, knows about what Volodymyr Zelensky and his henchmen are doing with our dollars and cents. Biden, if he didn't know about it before, if he's not part of the plan, if he's not getting a piece of the pie, he's directing it or is complicit in it being spread out. Last year, President Biden soberly promised at a NATO summit, quote, we are going to stick with Ukraine as long as it takes to, in fact, make sure they are not defeated by Russia. That sounds exactly like what President Lyndon Johnson told us about the Vietnam War. The leaked intelligence documents sound an alarm bell regarding our role in the Ukraine war. And it's past time for President Biden to level with us all about our interest and whether our continued role in that war could escalate into something much worse. And I got to be honest with you, there is no good ending to that story. The only good ending, and it's not going to happen, would be if Vladimir Putin just picked up and went back to Russia. It's just not going to happen. So in case you're tempted to think, oh, you're just this podcaster down in Louisiana in Miami for a few days broadcasting remotely, you don't know anything. We need to know what the experts, the intelligence experts have to say. You remember the name Cash Patel? Cash, spell with a K, Cash Patel. He's the former chief of staff at the Pentagon. And he's also former deputy director of national intelligence. On Friday, he came forward. He's the guy that's got the facts. He came forward and he told us he is questioning the evolving narrative over these leaks. Patel said first, talking about the leaker, Jack Teixeira. He said Teixeira would not have had access to the information without somebody within the Department of Defense. Listen to this. Patel said somebody inside at the DOD or from the intelligence community gave it to him, provided it to him, or told him it should be put out there. Patel said, quote, it's just not possible. Patel said even though he worked 
in information technology, he still would not have had access to that information. And he was at the top of the heap. You can be the biggest IT person in Department of Defense, and you're still compartmented off of the actual information. Almost never does an IT person need to know, as we say, the substance of the intelligence. Their job, their only job, is to provide the secure information systems around it to protect any disclosures. Patel said this is crazy sensitive stuff. 99% of people who have a top secret clearance don't have access to this information. And me, as the former deputy DNI and chief of staff of the Department of Defense and publisher of the Presidential Daily Brief, with the highest security classification in the government. I know that, literally, there's not a lot of people in the U.S. that have access to this kind of intelligence. And it's done so for a reason. Patel said, this does not happen. He said, while the Joint Chief of Staff's daily brief produced by its Directorate of Intelligence goes out to thousands of people... There's underlying contributing information that is compartmented and goes to just a handful of people. He said the underlying intel, that's very sensitive because it exposes how we got it, who we got it from, when we got it, and whether we can get it again, how that is delivered. So the Air Force has, they have confirmed that Teixeira is Airman First Class which is the third lowest enlisted rank in the Air Force, and that he is a cyber transport systems journeyman. Now, what is that? In the private sector, it would be called an IT technician. He entered the Air National Guard in September of 2019. He's based at the Otis Air National Guard base in Massachusetts. Cash Patel said the way the classified information was put out suggests Deshera did not act by himself. Whether he's an IT or not is irrelevant. The way it was produced, the way it was put out there, pages printed, photographs taken, published online. That is a methodical way of releasing classified information illegally, he said. I think he's definitely working with other people in DOD or in the intel space to get this information out. This is an Assange, Julian Assange-style operation. This kid, no offense to him, at 21 years old, cannot put out this five months unlawful disclosure of sensitive intelligence. He wasn't done. Patel said this, I think the DOD and the intelligence community gave it to the New York Times and the Washington Post. They're giving it to them to say we need... You know, we needed a cover-up. We need to make sure people think Ukraine's working. We need to make it seem like it's one rogue 21-year-old actor in some air base in Cape Cod. The amount of intelligence they got, somebody's giving them that type of documentation. It's just not readily available. Where did they get it? That doesn't come from anyone who doesn't have direct access to the end, the intelligence end in the United States. 
that the New York Times and the Washington Post broke this story on the same day? That also leads me, Cash said, to believe it's the same tradecraft from Russiagate that when deep state actors want stuff out there, they put it out to their sources. Are we to believe that these two newspapers found this guy out first before the FBI? That's absurd. That's the timeline we're being told. So now we have better investigators at the New York Times and the Washington Post than we do in the FBI. That's either stupid or it's a cover-up. It's going to go on for some time, Patel said. They needed a quick victory. This kid should be prosecuted, no questions asked. No questions about it in my mind. He broke the law and he needs to pay the price. But he said it's a CYA operation. You know what CYA means, cover your arse. Because we haven't gotten the worst of it yet, Patel said. We're not there yet. There's more stuff. And you know there's probably more stuff floating around in these chat rooms, but they want to talk about him, the kid, and not the verified intelligence. And by the way, in case you didn't know this, folks, all the content of what he put out there five months ago, it has been confirmed. It is verified intelligence. He said the intelligence shows that the Pentagon and President Biden have been lying to us all about how well the Ukraine war has been going. I think the substance of the intelligence, it says basically our effort in Ukraine, our $100 billion effort is failing. And I think that's why this has ignited such a firestorm in Department of Defense because they've been exposed and nobody has any answers. So I don't know if Congress is going to act, but the Gang of Eight, the Armed Services Committee, and possibly even Intel Committees need to jump on this. Here's my question. Why hasn't the Armed Services Committee subpoenaed Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff? That's General Mark Milley. And the Defense Secretary, Lloyd Austin, we have the last two weeks gone ad nauseum into the tank revealing all kinds of corruption here at TNN Live about our Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Why haven't these committees done it? Demanded an answer under oath as to why. Ask them this question. Why have you been lying to the President of the United States? Or permitted him to lie on the success and failure of our Ukraine operations. Who we have over there? Who's over there? We have Americans on the ground fighting with the Ukrainians against Russia. How much money are we really spending over there? Remember, none of this went through Congress. Joe Biden would come out every week or so and say, hey, we're going to help Ukraine one more time. We're going to send $12 billion, $3 billion. We're sending them these missiles. We're sending them these tanks. None of that goes through Congress. Why wasn't this intelligence briefed to these members in Congress who are supposed to oversee our highest levels of intelligence? You know, Intelligence Committee. And if they were told... It's an even bigger problem because it clearly shows the U.S. position in the Ukraine is failing. 
I told you at the top of the show it was going to be a nasty day full of nasty things that we didn't even know about. Think about what we've gotten so far. Confirmed reports. Vladimir Zelensky has been working with Vladimir Putin, taking money from the American taxpayers, cash. And Zelensky's been buying diesel at a cut rate and has been funneling the difference between the hard money paid and the actual money that he was given by American taxpayers. And up to $400 million has been funneled away to Zelensky personally and henchmen that he has in Ukraine with him. Much of it going to illegal arms distributors. Just a thought as we go to break. Do you think any of those illegal arms that have been purchased might have showed up in the drug cartels in Mexico? Or maybe even along the streets of um, New York City or Chicago or Los Angeles or San Francisco or Baltimore or Philadelphia or Atlanta. This crap is happening today, folks, and it's been happening And they are doing it with impunity. They don't care what you or I think about it. Biggie bag, huh? It's new from Wendy's. It's everything you ever wanted for just five bucks. Everything I ever wanted? Wendy's bacon double stack, four nuggets, fries, a drink, and the spelling bee medal you lost in second grade because you couldn't spell soliloquy. It really is everything I ever wanted. Get a bacon double stack with a quarter pound of fresh beef, nuggets, fries, and a drink for just five bucks. Wendy's Biggie Bag is everything you ever wanted. Sorry, I'm going to need all that back. Really? Hey, Thirst, can I try out a few Coke summer sound effects on you? Yes. Cool. You okay with this? Yes. And this? Yes. And what about this? Gotcha there, Thirst. That wasn't sound effects. That was a Coke. I'm no longer thirsty. You're so out of here. Coca-Cola. Open happiness. Join a community of online learning and find your bright future at the American Women's College of Bay Path University. Getting your college education doesn't necessarily make it so you have different self-worth or you mean more. There's so many different roads you can take. But if you have the feeling that you want it, go get it. The American Women's College is supportive and kind. And what you've created has changed lives. And I'm so grateful that I can say I've been part of it. Enrolling now for September and November at baypath.edu slash future. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So in the 
middle of all of this insanity, who are those that are on the front lines? You know, the ones that are watching for us. You know, the press, the media, they're out there holding our administration members accountable. They're making sure that Joe Biden, he's taking care of business and he gives them all the facts, which they then turn around and give to us, right? Those reports, I mean, every day, Corrine Jean-Pierre holds a press conference in the White House. But where's the president? What about a real press conference, you know, where the media get one-on-one with the president and he makes a statement or two and then they get to ask him questions? Our buddies down under, Sky News in Australia, they asked that very same question. Why is the White House keeping Joe Biden from meeting with the press? No press conferences. Now, when I say the Biden administration has turned the White House press briefings into a joke, I'm not speaking metaphorically. I mean, they've literally become a joke. As Joe Biden headed off this week on a four-day trip to Ireland, reporters wondered when they'd get a chance to ask him questions. Why can't the president take questions from the press? Right now, we just don't have anything on the books for a press conference at this moment. Uh, The president always loves to take your questions, shout at questions. Oh, it's not that we don't want you to ask the president questions. It's just that right now, we don't have any question time on the books. You know the books. We've written the books and we've written them, so there's no time for questions. And so looking through the books, I'm afraid question time has not been booked. Of course, what White House Press Secretary... Uh, Karine Jean-Pierre really means is we don't know what you guys are going to ask Joe Biden and we don't trust him to answer for himself. Think I'm exaggerating? Last time the US president attempted to talk to the press, his carer, by whom I mean his wife, quickly intervened, ushering him away to a safe space. To be honest, you've got to wonder why the US press pack cares to ask the leader of the free world any questions at all when his answers are typically incoherent mumbling. Are you, are you saying that, uh, that you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024? Well, I'll either be so rolling an egg or you know, being the, the, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Come on, help a, bro- help a brother out. Make no, some news no, for no, me. No. Well, I, I plan on running out, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. All right. I saw his answer today on television about whether or not he was going to run to a very nice guy named Al Roker. I mean, you can't get a softer question than that. That was a long answer, talking about the eggs and the this and that. Whatever Joe Biden's mental capacity, he's the leader of the free world, and he did promise to run the most open, transparent administration America had ever seen. So reporters are rightly confused as to why they rarely get a chance to talk to the most open, transparent president America has ever seen. You recognize that as it relates to prior administrations, the president's predecessor, uh, President Obama, President George W. Bush, uh, I've been here long enough to have covered President Bill Clinton, this is not the norm. The norm is we do get an opportunity to ask the questions to the president about domestic and foreign policy issues in a formal setting at some point. Uh, And you choose that point, but we haven't had that opportunity in quite some time. 
The White House press secretary's reply is quite extraordinary. Sure, you haven't had the chance to sit down and ask the president any questions, but you regularly get the chance to shout at him. It's also unprecedented that a president takes as many shouted questions as this president has, and he no, has. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> Let's have a look at President Biden taking shouted questions. So, with Russia gnawing away on the edges of Europe, with China staging massive war games off the coast of Taiwan, and with the American economy in all sorts of trouble, the White House refused to make the US president available for questions. But it's not like they were ignoring the media's right to ask serious questions about serious issues. Journalists wouldn't be given access to Joe Biden, but they would get access to the Easter Bunny. So, while Xi Jinping meets Vladimir Putin to work out how they're going to divide up the world, journalists in America are asking questions of the Easter Bunny. And ironically, they get about as much information as if they were questioning the president himself. The only thing missing from the White House press briefing was Dylan Mulvaney coming out to sing God Bless America, but he was too busy advertising Nike sports bras. Even in the world's superpower, you can't have everything. You notice... We're not the only ones that we've, we just don't have any answers. And we want answers. They're our allies. They're not citizens of the United States. They're our allies. If we ever ended up in a world war, God prevent that, please. We don't want another war. But if we ever did, we would need help, especially right now. We don't even have any real idea of how depleted is our military. Think about it. All those missiles, those drones, those tanks, all the ammunition that we have sent to Ukraine. Do you think that this government has made up for it by getting the military uh, infrastructure to create and replace all that stuff? Nope, it hasn't happened. We've been spending trillions of dollars in social justice things not replenishing our military. We're not ready. But don't sweat it. Don't think for a second President Joe Biden's not on top of it. These intelligence leaks, oh my gosh, he just swatted Teixeira for what he did and he told our military leaders, don't ever let this happen again. Just so you know, came out this morning, those sensitive materials were seen on Twitter, on 4chan, and Telegram, and they've all originated from a social media platform called Discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D. Some of these documents unveiled the United States' concern, our concern, over Ukraine's war against Russia, but not just that intelligence showing that Washington has been spying on Israel and South Korea. Do you think any of this information is embarrassing our military and our intelligence community? What are they going to do about it? 
embarrassed? Yeah, they should be because they got busted, but they're doing things they shouldn't be doing. I commend the rapid action taken by law enforcement to investigate and respond to the recent dissemination of classified U.S. government documents, the president said this weekend. While we are still determining the validity of those documents, which they're not, it was told almost immediately, this is real intelligence. He said, I've directed the military and intelligence community to take steps to further secure and limit distribution of sensitive information and our national security team is closely coordinating with our partners and our allies. Where's our attorney general in all of this? Merrick Garland. He's been accused to share of unauthorized removal and retention of classified documents or material. Garland said on Thursday the charges are associated with very serious penalties. Biden's order to initiate additional security measures, it comes after the U.S. has undergone a series of leaks in the past year. Remember this, that Supreme Court draft decision that reversed Roe v. Wade? It was mysteriously leaked to the press and was published. CNN reported only about 90 people would have had access to that document. And then, of course, the identity of the link, uh, the leaker, we don't have any idea. Somebody does, but we don't. In January, news broke that Biden stole classified information from the Obama administration and stored the information at the Penn Biden Center and then at his home in Delaware, right next to his Corvette. In a garage, at least $54 million was donated by China Communist Party-linked individuals or companies to the Penn Biden Center between 2014 and 2019. Now, that's just a coincidence, right? Well, it raises concerns about who might have had access to those classified documents stored in an unlocked closet. That's according to Biden's former personal assistant, Kathy Chung. Following all of these revelations, Garland appointed special prosecutor Robert Hur to investigate the scandal. Heard anything about that? Notably, the classified document scandal was leaked to CBS News on January 9th, weeks after the initial trove was found by Biden's personal lawyers in November, November, before the election, the establishment media have reported at least three times that Biden and the DOJ agreed to hide the scandal from public view with likely no plans to even tell the American people about it. They got outed. They got busted. Why is it that the only time we hear anything coming out negative about the Biden administration, is when somebody leaks it. Whistleblowers in the FBI, in the Department of Justice. How much more out there is going bad that we don't even know about? How much more is known that we don't even know about? Because they don't want to upset the American people. We've got too much going on. 
but we should never have to worry because Joe Biden's manning the job. He's doing it like nobody else ever has. I don't know if that's a fact, and if it is, that would put uh, Jimmy Carter in a good spot because Carter, in my opinion, by far has been the worst president for the United States since I've been alive. So why don't we, let's just switch gears here. Let's talk about some real issues, some real issues that we, the people, have got to get our arms in around. Donald Trump at the NRA over the weekend, their convention, he said he's he's promising a federal investigation into the risk of crime from the use of transgender drugs and hormones and also mind-bending psychiatric drugs. Here's what he said if he's elected. After my inauguration, if it happens, I will direct the FDA to convene, and it's going to happen quickly, immediately, to convene an independent outside panel to investigate whether transgender hormone treatments and ideology increase the risk of extreme depression, aggression, and even violence. Democrats, while this is going on, when Biden... And his folks are doing their thing. Trump's talking about it at the National Rifle Association convention. Democrats are mobilizing their urban base and they're blaming guns for the Nashville shooting of three adults and three kids. Democrats are using the issue for political gain, even though the shooter was a young woman who had mental problems and had declared a transgender identity. Democrats right now are hiding the woman's manifesto. We were told there was one. We were told they were going to give it to us. They haven't given it to us. Supposedly, she tried to explain in the manifesto why she attacked the school that she had attended as a teenager. Her attack was one of the several perpetrated by people who take drugs and undergo surgery to try to change their sex. Now, we're not supposed to talk about that. That's insensitive things. I think most of us already know the answer, don't we, Trump said. Furthermore, we have to look at whether common psychiatric drugs as well as genetically engineered cannabis and other narcotics are causing psychotic breaks. A lot of problems. We're having problems that we've never seen before, and people sort of think they understand why. We must also be much better at detecting warning signs of evil, disturbed young men like the one who murdered colleagues in Louisville. We cannot rest until we get to the bottom of all the sickness that we're seeing in our country. I will fight to restore our safety, and I will also fight to reclaim our freedom. We're going to have freedom in our country. We're going to be able to walk down the street and buy a loaf of bread and come back and not be shot. Why do you think, let me ask you a question. This is not an assumption. This is not an opinion. Democrats are pushing transgender issues really, really hard. Why do you think they're doing that? Maybe partly because it offers a new emotional pro-equality cause for their base. You know, their base of urban progressives. To espouse as well 
as a new opportunity for the government to expand its powers over Americans' civic lives. You know, the ones we live in public. Think about those. Establishment media follow the Democrat script, whatever it says, wherever it goes, and whatever they do. For example, the headlines of a Huffington Post article on Trump's speech declared, quote, Trump targets transgender health care in his NRA speech. Nothing that he said had anything to do with targeting transgender health care. But the polls, the polls also show the cause is deeply opposed by most Americans, especially by the GOP's base outside the major cities. In other words, the government is going down another road that the American people don't want to go down. Before 2020, most Republican politicians ignored Democrats' advocacy for transgenderism. We couldn't figure out what the heck was going on there and just let it slide. But since 2020, Republican politicians and their donors are competing with each other to offer political responses. For example, Florida Governor DeSantis, he's pushed to curb teachers' advocacy for these transgenderism issues in primary and middle schools. DeSantis is also trying to protect women's sports. He said it's wrong to have a swimmer compete for three years on the men's swim team, switch to the women's team, and then win the women's national championship. It's fraud, he said, and that is wrong. That is wrong. Now, what about the kids that are caught up in this? What about the puberty blockers, the crazy, insane actions that these clinics are taking and taking them with government approval? What do the American people think about it all? Most Americans oppose allowing kids to take puberty-blocking drugs A recent poll posed several questions related to transgender issues, asking if those respondents are open to allowing parents to give their transgender children or teenagers puberty-blocking drugs, which can temporarily prevent the effects of puberty that may not align with their gender identity. Overall, more than half said, more than half of the Americans polled, doesn't matter if they were Republican or Democrat, 53% said they oppose allowing this. And of those, 39% strongly oppose it. Just 32% at least somewhat support allowing parents to provide their gender-confused children with puberty-blocking drugs. Opinions, obviously, are divided nationwide, but they're right down party lines. 51% of Democrats, for example, at least somewhat support parents allowing their kids to take puberty-blocking drugs. 77% of Republicans and 53% of independents oppose it. The survey indicated respondents support parental rights. 60% said, we support requiring K-12 schools to inform parents if their child requests to go by different pronouns at school. 
50% of Democrats believe that should be required. One-third opposed that. It found 55% expressing opposition to allowing transgender student-athletes to play on sports teams that correspond with their gender identity rather than their actual biological sex. 54% of independents, 82% of Republicans oppose allowing student-athletes to play on teams that do not correspond with their biological sex. But 52% of Democrats support allowing boys to play on girls' sports teams and vice versa. Of those, 25% strongly support it. Now along that line, let me tell you what happened over the weekend in Kentucky. You're not going to believe this. The Kentucky legislators, Republican-controlled, GOP-controlled, they passed legislation that, I got to be honest with you, it blew everybody's mind because it's against transgenderism. Now, wait a minute. This is America. You can't say that, even if it's true. You're not supposed to express any negative attitudes about transgenderism and all of the civil social stuff that has to go along with it. After all, we're the government. We know better than you. You're not going to believe this. Next. From Krakow to Grand Island, Milan to Hanoi, this is TNN, the Truth News Network. When your cable company keeps you on hold, you get angry. When you get angry, you go blow off steam. When you go blow off steam, accidents happen. When accidents happen, you get an eye patch. When you get an eye patch, people think you're tough. When people think you're tough, people want to see how tough. And when people want to see how tough, you wake up in a roadside ditch. Don't wake up in a roadside ditch. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Ladies! We ask your forgiveness. Please forgive our immaturity, our outbursts of tacky compliments. Forgive our browser history. Forgive our hormones taking control of us. Forgive us for thinking an open shirt is the ultimate weapon of appeal. Forgive us for opening our beers like primates. Forgive for taking a no as a yes, for insisting on playing a guitar that doesn't exist. And please forgive us for never washing our hands, ever. Schneider, the beer with the exact maturity for the man who's in the process. Uncertain about what you see and hear in mainstream media? Worried about getting the truth? No worries anymore. Get the truth, only the truth, at TNN, the Truth News Network, truthnewsnet.org. Just when you think it's safe to go back in the water, you find out the sharks are, are still, they are still down there. Oh my gosh. I got to be completely honest with you folks. I am, um, I'm in Miami. Studio moves south. I actually, we're staying in a gorgeous property, uh, an Airbnb for that matter. And it's got a, an amazing outdoor pergola with 
really nice seating and ceiling fans and a gorgeous pool. And when we got here, I went outside and I said, you know what? This would be a perfect spot outdoors to set up our studio equipment and do the show live outdoors with the wind, you know, in my hair, which I don't have any. Uh, But looking at that pool complex and bocce ball and all those kinds of things. And then I walked out early this morning and it actually, it was yesterday. I went out yesterday, Miami, Miami, Florida. It's about 99% relative humidity. And first of all, broadcast equipment doesn't do well in heat and humidity. So I decided, nah, we're going to go indoors and do it in our studio. So we'll be here through Wednesday's show and then back in northwest Louisiana. But I want to thank you for letting us do these things and doing them remote. It's an important thing for all of us to get on the same page and stay on the same page so that we really get the facts with which we can make some great decisions. And we're, I don't, I, I don't remember where we've ever been in a place where we are now when it comes to really bad stuff. I mean, think about it. We're at a 180 degree stymie on everything, not just political issues, on social issues, on health issues, on everything to do with our government. Even the style of government we have, there are a bunch of Americans that want to kick capitalism to the curb and they think we need to go to a pure socialist operation. Of course, the hardcore leftists in our government and in our Democrat Party, oh, they're all for that. We want to control more and more of the nation, so let's just go that way. Let's kick capitalism to the curb. We've already made all our money. We've already got all the money that we need. After all, we've been up here in D.C. for years. So, yeah, let's just go there. And we'll do what they did in Venezuela. We'll take over all the big companies, the industries. We'll just walk in and kick the people that are the private corporation operators. We'll kick them out. And we'll just take it over. And, of course, we can do everything better than the private sector, can't we? Well, you and I both know that's crap. I went into the break telling you about what happened in the Kentucky legislature on Friday. They passed a sweeping, now this is a Republican majority in Kentucky, they passed a sweeping anti-transgender bill. And people in the Kentucky House went Nuts. Or the Kentucky General Assembly passing a sweeping anti-trans bill. And the WHS 1119 was there in Frankfurt for the vote tonight. The bill bans gender-affirming medical care for minors, allows teachers to ignore a student's preferred pronouns, and trans students from using the restroom tied to their gender identities. WHS 1119's Connor Steffen and photojournalist Elijah McKenzie have the emotional reaction. Despite the desperate cries. I'm embarrassed and I'm appalled and I'm scared. I won't know. And in passion, please. How dare you? You're going to kill kids. Their blood will be on your hands. Kentucky GOP lawmakers succeed in getting anti-trans legislation to the governor's desk, where it's expected to be vetoed. Shame on you. I would thank you for your time, but I am honest to God, so embarrassed 
ashamed, and for the first time in my life, I wish I was not a Kentuckian. It's hard to put into words just how fast moving this bill was. During a surprise Senate Education Committee vote, Republican Senator Max Wise and Representative David Meade blindsided everyone, reviving what was thought to be a dead Senate Bill 150. There is evidence that this is harmful to children. And that's our job is to protect children, and that's what we're doing here. The new expanded version includes far-reaching measures. It would have school districts create explicit bathroom policies, forcing trans students to abide by their biological sex. It also bans gender-affirming care for anyone in Kentucky under the age of 18. That's both surgical procedures and non-surgical procedures. We are attacking a group of vulnerable people, as we're calling late meetings, and sneaking bills in. This is not good government. The director of Planned Parenthood told me this bill is the farthest reaching anti-trans legislation in the entire country. Supporters say it backs parental rights. If you watch the committee or were in the committee, you would have seen the testimony from certain doctors and certain mental health professionals. So yes, there were some consultants. But opponents believe it will lead young queer Kentuckians to leave the state or worse. Please think about a kid that you know. Think about how you would feel if a kid you knew couldn't get access to medical care and they came home and you found them dead. The General Assembly will have time to override any vetoes. Lawmakers return for that in two weeks. In Frankfurt, Connor Steffen for the WHS 11 night team. The Kentucky Democratic Party calling it a Frankenstein bill tonight. More reaction from Kentucky Congressman Morgan McGarvey of Louisville saying this is so miserable, mean, and misinformed. The Republicans had to sneak it through late in the session despite having super majorities. And Louisville Mayor Craig Greenberg tonight sending encouragement to the LGBTQ community saying, I share your anger and despair. We will keep fighting and ultimately win. Now, wait a minute. We are talking about kids. We're talking about adolescents. We're not talking about grown-ups. We're not talking about 19, 20, 22, 25-year-old Americans. We're not. We're talking about kids. Now, let me, let me just say this. I know today's young people, I've got six grandkids, two of them, actually three of them are juniors in high school going into their senior years. They're they're more mature than some other kids that age that I know, but they're less mature than others. And then we have one that's in the eighth grade going into high school. And listen, eighth grade going into high school, these are the age of kids that these hardcore leftists, these trans-positive people are demanding doctors take them in. They fill them full of puberty-blocking drugs and even worse in places like Philadelphia and Baltimore, they are pushing these kids in school to self-identify as the opposite sex, and they're even promoting, and they have ties to surgical centers to even do mastectomies of little girls, even to do transplants, all kinds of things. Listen. None of my grandkids are old enough, mature enough to really make these kinds of choices. And not only are these schools and these transgender rights people pushing that they should make them, they are also pushing just as hard to keep the parents out of the equation. Parents don't have the rights 
the government, we're even being told this through the weekend. I heard that Friday night, I went to a town hall meeting in Shreveport, Louisiana, with the 4th Congressional District uh, Representative, Mike Johnson, that was there. You hear him on this show all the time. We spent two and a half hours. He was answering questions. More questions would arise from his answers, and we went down this road. And I asked him, I asked him, I said, Mike, is this transgenderism thing, is this specific to certain states or certain big cities or whatever? And he shook his head and he said, sadly, sadly, it is sweeping the nation. And it's far, far ahead of any of the regulatory agency's ability to get things in place if they wanted to get things in place to protect these kids. And, of course, the question came up, what about blocking the parents the way that these leftists are doing, these school administrators, these school teachers and principals, what they're doing? They're teaching kids to hide it from their parents. They're not telling their parents. And we told you a few weeks ago, we actually let you hear a woman who has filed a lawsuit against the school district that her daughter went to because they carried her daughter 100% of the way through transgender sex change right up to the operating room and hid it from mom and dad. And the girl committed suicide. What's going on in our nation? Where are we in all this? I don't see a happy ending unless we, the people, take control of this and stop this insanity. And I just don't see the insanity going away. All of this almost totally has just wiped our horrors at our southern border off the front pages. Let me give you a a couple of things that you need to know, the new things. Remember back when Joe Biden was elected, and even before he took office, he implemented an expansive catch-and-release network. I mean, he didn't wait till he was inaugurated. Right after the election, he just went after it. And that network has transformed the U.S.-Mexico border into a European-style checkpoint. Nothing more than that, where many border crossers are just stopped. They're briefly detained, if at all, and then they're released in our nation's interior. New data that's been put together by Center for Immigration Studies, and doing it was George Fishman, who was a former DHS official. This data shows the extent to which Biden has used the parole pipeline to massively grow the nation's foreign-born population. From late January of 2021 to February of this year, Listen to this, more than 880,000 migrants have been released into our communities through what's called the parole pipeline. In addition, Biden has used parole to bring more than 75,000 Afghans to the United States, as well as nearly 120,000 Ukrainian nationals. The figure, the number indicates 
that through the parole pipeline alone, the Biden administration has imported a foreign population that exceeds the resident populations of Wyoming, Vermont, Alaska, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Delaware. In just the first two months of this year, for example, Biden's DHS has released close to 40,000 migrants into our interior after giving them parole. Now, what is parole? It makes them legal. They're here legally. Once he does that, it's not constitutional. It's not what the law, the rule of law, the U.S. federal law says is supposed to happen. It's Joe Biden doing it. Likewise, DHS released more than 230,000 migrants into the U.S. interior in the final two months of the year, and that's just releasing them. They came in, they registered, and they're waiting now for their parole hearings to be heard, and they just let them go. The Biden's parole pipeline serves as that network's most effective tool in getting these migrants into our interior. Last year, we were told the pipeline runs like a full-service travel agency for border crossers, many of who just walk up to Border Patrol agents and ask for parole. Most recently, state officials in Florida successfully sued the Biden administration for imposing this unprecedented parole pipeline. A similar case brought by state officials in Texas. It's pending now before the Supreme Court. But what is... The Biden administration think about this. Oh, this is going to be popped by the Supreme Court. Look what he has operated under in these first two and a half, three years. He didn't care. We're just going to, yeah, it'll be court tested. It may get thrown out, but we're just going to pack the nation. All these people, <laughs> you think we're going to be able to find them and get rid of them if the Supreme Court says what we did was illegal? They'll have just meshed into the landscape of America. We'll just keep trucking and get as much evil done as we can. Of course, they don't think it's evil. At least they don't admit it if they do. If we get popped, we'll do something about it then. But until then, y'all just come on down. So let me ask you this. Have you thought this through? What could the American people really get done? I got to be honest with you these millions of people that the Biden administration has brought in and somehow got into the nation, legitimized, we're paying for most of their health care, their housing, their food. They'll never give us a number. There's no audit process put in place so that the people's representatives, the U.S. Congress, can give us some kind of oversight. They don't want that to happen. They know that the American people would go nuts. Let me let you listen to something that happened over the weekend at the NRA convention. Former President Trump got up, and he has a plan. As if Donald Trump wouldn't have a plan for anything and everything big. He has a plan for what should be done and what he will do immediately if he's inaugurated as president in 2024. Actually, it would be inauguration in January of 2025. Listen to Trump's plan. Under Biden, 
Other countries are emptying out their prisons, insane asylums, and mental institutions and sending them right here to the USA. Can you imagine? Prisons and mental institutions are being emptied out. I read a story not long ago where a man who takes care of a large segment of people in a mental institution in a South American country, uh, a doctor, sounded like a great man, actually. He said he no longer has anything to do. He used to work 24-hour days. He said, all of our patients have been released into the United States of America. And this is what we have. This is what we've allowed to happen. And we can't allow this to happen because we will not have a country any longer. We can't allow it to happen. Under my leadership, we will quickly restore the most secure border in U.S. history. We had the strongest border in history, and now we have, I think, the worst border in the history of the world, because no country, even a third-world country, would allow what's happening right now to us to happen to them. The first reconciliation bill I signed for a massive increase in Border Patrol. These Border Patrol, Brandon Judd and all of his people, they're incredible, the job they do. Tom Homan, as a man that knows it, you see him on television, I call him central casting, but these two guys and all of the people that work with him, this is so good. They want to do their job. It's going to be a colossal increase in the number of ICE and Border Patrol deportation officers. Following the Eisenhower model, I don't know if you know, Dwight Eisenhower was very tough on the subject. We will use all necessary state local, federal, and military resources to carry out the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. And I will ask every state and federal agency to identify every known or suspected gang member in America. And every one of them that is here legally, we will pick them up and we will send them back to the country from which they came. Now, the leftists, of course, their immediate thing is how heartless, how heartless was Donald Trump when he was president and if he was elected again, what he just said he would do, how heartless is that? I'm going to explain one more time, very simply, just the structure. We in the United States of America, we the people, our representatives, our members of the House and the Senate, elected to represent us, not a political party, but us, we the people. They crafted dozens of immigration laws that dealt with every little piece of immigration. Illegal, doing it the legal way. How does anybody that wants to immigrate to the United States, how can they do it, even pursue a path to citizenship? It's been in place for decades, and it works extremely successfully. How does it operate, Dan? If you want to come here, you can go to whatever country you live in. You can go to our consulate or our, um, what? it's not consulate, embassies in whatever country and whatever cities you're at. And you can file an application there to be considered for asylum in the United States, or even to begin a real full-fledged immigration process. Once you do that and get registered, if it's a serious thing where you're really, your life's in danger, you're threatened or whatever, you're seeking asylum. 
The United States will then assign that case to an immigration court that will hear you. You get to make your case, and then the government makes a decision on whether they can bring you in here. That's in the case of an asylum seeker. But what about if you just want to immigrate here, if you want to come here? You fill out an application, you go through a process, and it includes some hoops that you have to jump through. But eventually, if you do it the legal way, you will be legally accepted, you will be sworn in, and given announced that you are an American full-fledged citizen with all the rights and privileges of every other American. That seems like a big deal, Dan. Yeah. My brother wrote a song years ago, country song, that says, anything worth having is worth waiting for. Anything worth having is what's waiting for. Kids don't appreciate things that they just are given, especially the stuff they don't even ask for, just the stuff that you give them. You want to do something good for them. Kids, grandkids, at every age. They don't appreciate it. Same thing holds true when opportunities are passed out by individuals, by companies, by our government. They're not appreciated. They almost become expected privileges that just because of who they are or where they come from, or who they think they are. They deserve what they're given. That's where we find ourselves together. Do you know worldwide, almost every country has a system of legal immigration. Not all do, but many do. And citizens or people from other countries may want to go into this country. There's a process that you go through to legally immigrate similar to the one here in the United States. Do you know that if you, there are hundred, roughly 192 countries on the globe. If you add them all together, all 192 countries, and add all of the immigration that happens worldwide every year, we're one of 192. We have for decades allowed legal immigration annually into our nation that equals the number or is greater than the number of all of the every other country's legal immigrants allowed into their countries, all of those numbers added together. About a million a year come to the United States and go through the immigration process and become full-fledged American citizens. What's wrong with that? Well, some of these other people, they don't have, they can't do it. They're they're in dire distress for their lives. They've got to get out of those countries. Well, go to a consulate. Even if you're desperate, go to the southern border like you're doing now. Ask for asylum. But don't expect the United States to let you in waiting for your asylum hearing to be heard that may take several years. The American people shouldn't be paying for you to live for several years. What about that remain in Mexico policy that was negotiated between former President Trump and the Mexican government, which said 
You want to come here? You want to apply for asylum? You go to our border. You make your claim, but you're going to go right back across the border into Mexico, and the Mexican government built camps and took care of these people until, 100% took care of them, until their asylum claim came up to be heard. They would then come back over across the border legally, go to the asylum hearing, and if they were adjudicated to be accepted in, then they were accepted into our legal immigration system. What's wrong with that? Why doesn't that work? You know why it doesn't work. Think about everybody that has their fingers in the pie, the money in the pie that goes along with this immigration stuff. You know all the numbers. You know what it is. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about something that's happening right now in the Big Apple. Mike Johnson broke it out for us Friday night. He's there. They're having a city wide meeting with residents of Manhattan about criminality. That's next. The new Amazon Echo has everyone asking Alexa for help. Alexa, what time is it? What the hell is wrong with this blasted thing? Amanda! But the latest technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids have bought me a busted machine again. That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. It's super loud and responds to any name even remotely close to Alexa, so they can find out the weather. Allegra, what is the weather outside? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Huh? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Where? Outside. What about it? The temperature outside is 74 degrees and sunny. I don't know about that. The latest in sports. Clarissa, how many did old Satchel strike out last night? Satchel Paige died in 1982. How many he get? Satchel Paige is dead. He what now? Died. Who did? Satchel Paige. Oh. I don't know about that. Even local news and pop culture. Anita. What them boys up to across the street? They are just playing. They what now? They are just playing. You say they just playing now? Yes, they are just playing. I don't know about that. Here are the smart devices like your thermostat. Alessandra, turn the heat up. The room is already 100 degrees. Are you trying to kill me, Alize? The new Amazon Echo Silver plays all the music they loved when they were young. Angela, play black jazz. Playing, uh, jazz. It also has a quick scan feature to help them find things. Emilia, where did I put the phone? The phone is in your right hand. And it has an uh-huh feature for long rambling stories. So then I gave him $5, and he said I only gave him $1. Uh-huh. I said, I know I gave you a five. Uh-huh. Because I only had a five and a one only. Uh-huh. And this is the $1 right here. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you tell me who's crazy. Amazon Echo Silver. Get yours today. I said get yours today. To order Amazon Echo Silver, send a check or money order to Amazon.com right now.
Wow. What a day. My goodness. We've just gotten started. We're almost out of time. I want to take you down this one road before we finish the show today. Um, Right now, happening in Washington, D.C. As you know, criminality in Manhattan has just gone through the roof when uh, and ever since Alvin Bragg was elected to be the prosecutor there, he's just gone totally soft on crime and it's tearing the nation apart. A group of House members, the in the uh, uh, I forget which particular committee it is, but Mike Johnson serves on it. They all flew to Manhattan Saturday night, and they're meeting right now. They're meeting right now with a bunch of citizens from Manhattan, and they're talking about this criminality. Listen to the details of what's going on today up there about criminality. Crime and no punishment. Manhattan's DA under fire from Republicans for indicting President Trump while allowing violent criminals to go free in the city. The House Judiciary Committee will hold a hearing they say will, quote, examine how Bragg's pro-crime, anti-victim policies have led to an increase in violent crime and a dangerous community for New York City residents. While Bragg's office says, don't be fooled, the House GOP is coming to the safest big city in America for a political stunt. Joining me right now is House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan. Uh, Mr. Chairman, great to see you. Thanks so much for being here. Good to be with you. So New York Congressman and former Trump impeachment lawyer Dan Goldman says that this hearing on Monday is a waste of taxpayer dollars to support Trump's legal defense. And you say? I think the mom who lost a son who served our country and was killed there in New York, when, when people hear her testimony, they won't think it's some kind of stunt. We want to hear from the victims, the families, the people in Manhattan, the people in New York who've been impacted by this surge in crime that has happened because you have DAs who are more focused on coddling criminals than they are putting them behind bars and making sure families and, and individuals and communities and business owners are impacted by the surge in crime we have seen because of those policies. And that's what this hearing is about. Um, and I think also, frankly, Maria, there'll be, the, the, there'll be this, this decision Bragg has made to be political and go after his political opponent uh, versus what he should be doing, which is putting bad guys behind bars so they don't bring harm to the community. Well, we've seen the numbers, and it is a scary situation in New York right now. I live there, and I'm wondering if the media is actually communicating this to the public. I saw your tweet this week. You said C-SPAN covered Democrat-run field hearings in the past, but so far have refused to cover Republican-run Judiciary Committee field hearings. Why? So do you think C-SPAN will cover your hearing on Monday? I don't think so. They, they've indicated that, that, that what they've told us so, so far is they're not going to come, not going to cover. They didn't go to the border. When we went to the border uh, six weeks ago, the Yuma section down in, down in Arizona, they didn't cover that field hearing. We had some powerful witnesses who told us how bad that problem was. Same thing here. We're going to have, I think, some great witnesses. Three have confirmed. We're looking at some others who are going to talk about well, what I just described, this rampant increase in crime. And, and yet while that's going on, what you have, Maria, is, is the DA in Manhattan is using federal tax dollars to indict a former president for no crime. And then when we want to investigate that, he takes us to court. So that's what he's focused on. And 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 he he takes us to court because we want to talk to someone who hasn't worked in his office for a year, but wrote a book solely on this subject about going after the former president. So 
that's what Alvin Bragg's up to. Meanwhile, he's not putting bad guys in, in behind bars who are impacting the community in such a negative way. Yeah, and yet here we have the indictment of Trump. He had to go down, get arraigned. He did so. And now we're understanding that there are more lawsuits behind this to come against the former president. So is yeah. this a two-tiered system of application of law? I'll answer that question on the way out. Yep, that's exactly what it is. It is a two-tiered system of legal rights for Americans. And oh, by the way, in the wake of the indictment of former President Trump, $34 million have come into his campaign chest. $34 million getting him set for a run in 2024 to go back to the White House. Thank you for being here today. Wow, what a day. We'll see you tomorrow. Look at me.